Genesis 1, very familiar passage of scripture, Genesis chapter number 1. I want to lift from the text a couple things on this evening. Also grab 1 John chapter number 4. St. John chapter, 1 John chapter number 4, verse number 7. Amen. This TV on. Amen. As we stand to our feet for the reading of God's word, we'll forgo our faith confession on this evening. <clears throat> we'll begin in First John chapter number four, verse number seven is where we begin reading. <clears throat> if you have it, say amen. Those of you still say hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. First John chapter number four and Genesis chapter number one. If you haven't found Genesis chapter number one, I want to see you at the altar at the end of service. Hallelujah. Amen. First John chapter number four. <clears throat> the word of the Lord declares to us on this evening. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. For love is of God. For love is of God. Can I tell you something? You cannot have love apart from God. You cannot have love apart from God. If someone tells you that they love you, but they don't love God first, then it's not love. It's just lust. Because love derives from God. God is love. So anything apart from God, it is not. So if a person is not of God, which we'll see in the text, then they don't have the love of God, so therefore they don't love you. It's just lust. <laughs> and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. There it is. And he that love knoweth not God, he loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we may live through him. Herein is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sin. Big P word, which simply means sacrifice or substitution. He came to be the substitution for our sin. Let's jump over to Genesis chapter number 1, verse number 1. We'll tie these two together. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Let us pray. Father, we thank you now. For your love. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. And Father, I pray now, God, that you would breathe afresh upon this word tonight. Open the eyes of our understanding. Open our hearts to receive by your spirit. And let the love of God permeate in our hearts in such a way that many, God, would be impacted by that love. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. And God, we give you the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. 
Thank you, Father. It says, in the beginning, there was no beginning without God. And there would never be a beginning that God did not begin. So, in the beginning, Beras, Elohim, is the beginning. In the beginning. It's, it's in the beginning that God was. It is the... Uh, how can I say it? There's this Latin word that comes to mind. Um, Acerity, which means to be self-contained. Self-sufficient. So when God created the heavens and the earth, there was nothing created without God. And nothing created God. God created all things. He is Elohim, self-sufficient, all self-sustaining God. He is God all by himself. Everything that was created was created by God. And it's out of this that the love of God flows. So love was, is God, but also love is made manifest through God. And the only solution to the world's problems and issues is the love of God. Every issue that we have in life can be resolved from this one principle and philosophy right here. It's love. Poverty would be annihilated, eliminated just by love. <laughs> I mean, think about it for a second. If you loved your neighbor truly as you loved yourself and your neighbor was impoverished, then the love of God would provoke you and agitate you to the point where you would be the answer to the problem of poverty in your neighbor's life to where they would have no more lack. Prison overflowing would be no more. Why? Because of love. Because we will love our neighbor to the point where we won't take our neighbor's lives. Or we won't steal from our neighbor. We won't be jealous of our neighbor. All of this can be fixed by what? By love. Simply by love. There would have never been a beginning, uh, in the beginning, if God didn't begin it. And there couldn't be no in the beginning without God being present. So there will be no love if there is no God. But we know there is a God, so therefore there is love. So all of our problems will be restored or fixed simply by love. But I want to talk to you real briefly on tonight from the thought I got my sound back. Tell you maybe I got my sound back. It's time for the body of Christ to get the sound of love back in their hearts. It's time for the church to get the sound of love back in their hearts. In Ephesians chapter number 5, verse number 25, it says that husbands love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. 
In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. <laughs> he who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one has ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are, watch this, members of his body. We are members of his body. And if we love our bodies, then we should love the members of our bodies. Tell your neighbor, I love you. See, we take the cheap way out and we say, I love you with the love of Christ. No, no, I love you because of Christ. Oh, God. See, see, we, we take the cheap way out and the, the easy road out and say, I love you with the love of Christ. But really, it has to become more personal and say, I love you because of Christ. So now it makes it more personal and more endearing. Now I don't shift the blame to Christ. I take on the responsibility of loving you. And it's because Christ first loved me, I can now love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, we're going to get the sound of love back in here tonight. Uh, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. Watch. And the two will become what? One flesh. One body. One flesh. Watch this. One sound. So when the body of Christ comes back together in love, there should be one sound. It shouldn't be multiple heartbeats. It should be the sound of one heartbeat. That what you hear from your neighbor, your neighbor hears from his or her neighbor. It'd be one sound. And really, that's Satan's job is, is to confuse the sound so that now in the confusion of the sound, there's many different sounds being echoed in the earth realm. And we don't know which one to listen to. There's so much confusion even in theology in the church. You go to one church, you hear one thing, go to the next one, you hear another. Now we're grappling for, for an understanding of who God is, and watch this, and who we are. And we're confused. See, watch, catch it. The world will come to tell you what you are, and they will overlook who you are. That they'll tell you what you are. You, you, you're ex such and such. You're a crackhead. You're a whoremonger. You're a thief. You're a child molester. You, you're all of these things, and they'll overlook who you are. Why? Because there's so many sounds, and we're now trying to grab to the sounds to try to fit something to us. Trying to identify who we are. <laughs> well, we got to become of one flesh. And it's of that one flesh we'll have one sound. So now when they look at the church, they will only see the church. And they won't see individuality. Are you hearing me on tonight? They, they won't see this denomination or that denomination. They'll only see one body. Now that one body may have different tags and different names, but we'll be one body. <laughs> Why? Because we got the same sound. Oh. So this is a profound mystery. But I'm but I am talking about Christ and the church. Talk to us, Paul. However, 
Each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And the wife must respect her husband. I'm going to leave that alone for tonight. Amen. <laughs> Lord Jesus. Ah, amen. That's a great book out there that's called Love and Respect. And, and indeed, a man desires uh, respect and a woman desires and deserves love. And uh, so you get a chance to read that book. But uh, the scripture tells us, <laughs> and wives, respect your husband. And husband, love your wife. So we have a responsibility. Turn your neighbor and say you have a responsibility. Married couples, wives, you ought to respect your husband. Hallelujah. Wives, I mean husbands, you ought to love your wives. Amen. That's, that's in the book. Somebody shout that's in the book. But we're not talking about that tonight. We're talking about getting your sound back. Amen. We'll leave that alone for now. So I, I want to jump over to Old Testament because there's something that I believe that God wants to reveal unto us tonight about us getting our sound back. And when I, I, I was studying, this, this reached out to me in my spirit in 2 Chronicles chapter number 5. Amen. 2 Chronicles chapter number 5, verse number 12. Um, we talked about it on Sunday, but I, I want to tie this in into what God has given me on tonight. 2 Chronicles chapter number 5, verse number 12. Uh, watch, it says, all the Levites who were uh, musicians, asked for Haman and Jephthim, uh, and their sons and relatives stood on the east side of the altar dressed in fine linen, playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. 120 priests sounding trumpets. Somebody shout 120. Uh, one, 120 is the same number in the upper room. Uh, the, the text, uh, if you will continue down and drop down verse 13 and, and 14, it talks about how they were in unison, praising God. They were one sound. Everybody had an instrument, either it was a cymbal or a harp or lyre, whatever they had in their hands, but they all were creating in unison one sound. It, it wasn't different sounds. It was one sound. It is 120 people in unison making one sound. It is the same 120 in the book of Acts in the upper room where they're all together on one accord. Watch this. Making one sound. One sound. One sound. Somebody shout one. It's amazing how you can get people of different walks of life up under one roof and they all sound the same. The only way that can happen is with the love of God. To draw people from different nationalities, different ethnicities, different economic backgrounds, from different testimonial and life experiences, all together in one place, with one sound. Only love can do that. Only love can draw people together to do that. That's why Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. It is that drawing of the love of God that will cause, watch this, such a unity in the body of Christ that will provoke a sound in the earth realm. 
And it's at that sound, heaven will move to earth. Heaven is waiting for earth to come into unity. You're wondering why Jesus or when Jesus is coming back? When there's unity in the earth realm. Oh, wow. When there's unity in the earth realm. Now, I'm not talking about in this topography, this small little sphere of the earth. I'm talking about the unity of the body of Christ. That when we come into unity one with another, then we'll see the ushering in of the, of the king, of the Messiah. But there has to be unity. And only love can bring about this unity. Only love with so much uncivil rest and all of these different things happening in the earth realm, only love can bring us together. What was that movie by about uh, Tina Turner? What's love got to do with it? Anybody ever saw that? What's love got to do with it? That's a good question. What love's got to do with it? You know what the answer is? Everything. 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 And only love can usher in this sound. Somebody shout one sound. So we have to get our sound back. And I saw in Genesis, and this just really blew my mind, in Genesis chapter number 11, verse number 1. And this is definitely where you want to begin taking notes because when the Lord, by his spirit, began to reveal this to me, I, man, I, my, the hairs on my neck begin to stand up. And, and in verse number 1 of chapter number 11 of Genesis, the word of the Lord declares, Now the whole world had one language. <laughs> they had one sound. The whole world spoke one language. You went to Africa, one language. You went to Asia, one language. Everywhere you went, somebody shout one. Everybody had the same sound. Everybody was able to communicate and to, uh, to function off of this one sound. There was no division. There was no discrepancies. Everybody was the same. Everybody spoke the same love language. That's another book for you couples too as well. Gary Chapman, Five Love Languages. But everybody had the same language of love. The whole world had one language. And a common speech. Somebody shout the whole world. I got the whole world. <laughs> the whole world. One sound. And watch. As people move eastward, they found a plane uh, in Shinar and, and settled there. Shinar was uh, Babylonian. It was the area of Babylon. Anytime you see Babylon, Babylon is not just a physical place, but Babylon is also a mindset. Babylon is not just a place of, of bondage, but it's a mindset of bondage. It's not a, only a physical place, but it's a mental and a spiritual place. So every time you see in the Bible where they talk about Babylon, Babylon just not a, was not a, just a place of slavery, but it was a mindset of slavery. That's why when God had sent Moses back to Egypt, he was trying to break them from the Babylonian mindset. That's why he said to 
uh, Moses tell Pharaoh, let my people go that they may go and worship me. Because here it was, while they were in Egypt, they learned how to worship like the Egyptians, the Babylonian way. That's why when God rained plagues down on Egypt, it was an attack on all of the Egyptian gods. Because God was trying to show that he was the one true and living God, that he was uh, Elohim. Bera said bara Elohim. He was the one true living all existing God, self-containing God, all in himself. So Babylon is a mindset. A mindset that God is trying to break us all out of. Hallelujah. So they're in this area and they settled there and they said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They use bricks instead of stone. Somebody underline that in their Bible. Instead of stone. And tar for martyr. We're going to come back to verse number three here in a second. Because I want to lift something out of that verse. Then they said, come let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heaven. So that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So let's look at verse number three and hear what the Lord has to say about a Babel believer. A Babel believer is one who seeks his own way. Write that down. A Babel believer is one who seeks his own way. It said, let, watch this, let us build a tower that reached to heaven. And watch, they grabbed bricks and made bricks for themselves. So, here, here it was, they were seeking to do something of their own without seeking God. Oh, man, think about your life and all the decisions you have made for yourself without seeking God. How many of us have made some decisions only to regret them later? <laughs> Without seeking God, you know, you, you move from one state to another. You didn't pursue after God. You, you enter into a relationship without seeking after God. You, you know, you've done things apart from God, but only later on to regret it. Hallelujah. Went to the car lot and got you that fancy red sports car. That high note, high interest rate. Hello. Right? And, and, and so a Babel believer seeks to have its own way. Can I tell you something? What you entertain will train you. Yeah. Oh, God. I'll say that again. Whatever you entertain will train you. So when you, when you engage in something for a long period of time, when you're entertaining it, it will train you. That's why entertainment has become one of the most lucrative industries in the world. They're training you by entertaining you. Ooh, Jesus. In order to train a mind, you must first entertain a mind. So, so the industry of entertainment comes to train you. That's why all of these games and and, and th this thing right here is training you. 
First thing you do in the morning is you pick up your phone. You take Instagram, Facebook, see how many likes you got, see how people are talking. It's training you. You know there's this cool feature in the iPhone? I'll talk to you Android uh, users later. But it, it tells you about your screen time. How long you've been on a particular app. How much you use a particular app. And I can guarantee uh, social media and games and all of that has the highest usage time. Yeah, Come on now. It's training you. Whatever you entertain is training you. And that's what's happening in this world system is, is that this world system is set up in a way to train you. But it starts with entertainment. Sunday mornings when football season is in, people run out of church to go watch football. Entertain is training you. Training you how to spend your time, how to spend your money. Y'all not liking this. Telling you how to dress. They're entertaining you. We watch television shows and we see the latest fashions and latest trends. Oh, I like that. Let me go get it. Training you. Teaching you how to wear. Oh, I like the way her hair looks on that show. And you go and cut your hair just because entertainment world. Whatever you entertain will train you. That's why we got to focus on the kingdom of God. Train up a child in a way that he should go, that when he's older, he won't depart. So training first starts right here. Amen. 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 And watch, the word of God is very entertaining too. (laughs) It's a novel, it's a drama, it's action, there's suspense. (laughs) You can find all that right here. It's... it's, 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 uh, Kind of racy. If you ever read the book of Solomon. It's very explicit. Amen. So, so there's a lot that God wants to entertain you with. So he can train you with. Right here. So, so now what, what am I saying? I'm saying. Am I saying that you know. Is this the devil. Or you shouldn't be on your phone. No. But, but you got to make sure that this is more entertaining than that. You got to make sure that this becomes your focus and not this. Because the moment this becomes your focus, then it begins to train you in the ways of the Babylonian ways and not God's ways. Late T and I was talking, I think it was, there was this morning we made the comment. You know, I, I don't know if you noticed, but you say something. And then all of a sudden, it, it pops up on your phone. We was watching a commercial this morning. We were talking, and then what we were talking about popped up on the TV. <laughs> Amen. If, if you say too much uh, while your Facebook page is open, they'll start sending you advertisement based upon your conversations. It's a Babylonian system. Yeah. Y'all getting a little spooked out, aren't y'all? Yeah. But, but that's how the system works in this world is it comes to entertain you so that it can train you. And now you're scrolling down your timeline on Facebook and there's all kind of sales ads about things that you said that you like and they're putting it before you. 
eventually you done tapped on it and you're buying. Okay, all right. So a Bible believer seeks to do things on its own strength. A Bible believer seeks to do things on his own strength. Now watch, they made bricks and baked them. And the text tells us that they did not use stone. They made their own bricks instead of utilizing the raw material that God made. A Bible believer looks to do things on their own. They don't look to seek after God for what God has made resources on. They go out and try to create their own. A Bible believer uh, tries to kick doors down instead of looking for the door that God opened for him. A Bible believer tries to make his own way instead of doing it God's way. Hallelujah. Seek to do things on their own strength. And then lastly, seeks to make his own name great. They said, let us make a city for ourselves and a tower that will reach heaven and let us make a name for us that is great. Now what tripped me out is, is that God had no problem and no issue with them in creating a city because he did not move or was not provoked to move until they got to this place of let's make our name great for ourselves. And that's when God steps in and he confuses the language. He shakes up the sound. Why? Because now it becomes vainglorious. They're looking to make a name for themselves. Verse number five says, but the Lord came down to see the city. He didn't come down until he, they built the city and the tower the people were building. So he had no problem with this, but he had a problem with the fact that they wanted to make a name for themselves. And the Lord says in verse number six, the Lord said, if one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do would be impossible for them. Now, if you read this text with your natural eyes, you would think that God is against unity. But God is for unity. It's not saying that he doesn't want people to be unified to do great things. He just don't want them unified to make themselves great and forget about him. Hallelujah. He, he, he don't mind the church coming together unified on one accord to do great things for his glory. But it's when the church comes together unified to do great things for our own name's sake, God has a problem with. That when we excommunicate or we uh, exclude others to do things great exclusively and not be inclusively. God says, wait, hold up. Are you doing it this for your sake or are you doing it for my, name, my name's sake? Are you doing this for your purpose and your pretenses or are you doing it for me? Because if you're doing it for me, then I want the whole world to be of one language, not part of the world. Amen. I want the whole world to be blessed, not half the world or just a set group of people. Are y'all with me tonight? And he says, if they could begin this thing, then 
there would be nothing that is impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not be able to understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from all over the earth and they stopped building the city. That is why it was called Babel, because the Lord there, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. From there the Lord scattered them over the face of the earth. So God came down and he confused the language. But there was one language. So you got to ask yourself, why did God create one language, but yet he confused and made multiple languages? you got to ask yourself, if it was one language, was the one language good enough? you got to ask yourself, if one language was created by God, his original intent was for all of us to be, to have one language, then why don't we have this one language now? Have you thought about that? Because if God intended us to have one language and that one language was good enough for us to communicate, then why don't we communicate in this one language? Well, that's where we see a restoration of us getting our sound back in the book of Acts. (laughs) That's where we see the one sound coming back into play. We see in Acts chapter number 2, verse number one, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together where? One place. All assembled in one place. All together in one place. Now, they're in 120 people in one place. architectural structures in that day and time, the, the housing that was built, the square footage was only massive for those of the rich, the affluent. Those of meager means lived in smaller cottages or dwelling places. So you talk about less than a hundred square foot space. So imagine a hundred and twenty people in your bedroom. Yeah, people on top of people. I don't know how big your bedroom is. But if your bedroom is about 100, normally the bedroom is about 10 by 10, 100 square feet. So they're in the upper room of space, about 100, no more than 150 square feet. So just imagine 120 people all pressed up against one another. Watch for one purpose. To have the sound restored. One purpose. They're not worried about. What color they are. What nationality they are. What walk of life they come from. What their past experiences are. 
they all assemble together in love for one purpose, to have the sound restored. Everybody pressed together, pressed in on top of one another for one reason, for the sound. To get what was promised to them, the sound. We see in the text it says, they're in one place and suddenly watch a what comes about? A sound. <laughs> suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. <laughs> it was from heaven that the sound was disrupted. Now from heaven the sound is restored. That's why the creator of all things can orchestrate anything. The sound was disrupted from heaven, and now the sound is being restored from heaven. And it says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. The whole house. Not part of it, not half of it, not some of it, but all of it. Somebody shout the whole house. Tell your neighbor you're in the house. If you're in the house, then you got filled with this one sound. If you're in the house, then the whole house got filled, including you. So when this sound is restored, this sound comes with the sound of love. So we think that the day of Pentecost was just the day of the language being restored, but it's the expression of the language that's being restored as well. And the expression of the language of the Holy Ghost is love. That's why he says you can speak in unknown tongues, but without love. <laughs> Without love intertwined with the language, you're like a, a symbol gonging, a gonging symbol without love. There are people who are filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking tongues, but don't have love in their hearts. They have the sound, but they don't have the expression. Oh, y'all quiet. They'll speak in tongues in the church and cuss you out in the parking lot. It's <laughs> in my bad. <laughs> Amen. But God is restoring the sound. And the sound is just not an utterance or unction that comes from the Holy Ghost with an unknown tongue. But there's an expression of that utterance of that utterance. That comes with a display of love. Hallelujah. What am I saying to you tonight? That when you get your sound back, not only is God going to fill you with the Holy Ghost and restore the language, but he's also going to restore the expression of love. So now when you go to speak in tongues, God's going to give you a new love language that you begin to speak to others that they can feel and that they can see. And that they can receive. Or oh, you hear me on tonight. Somebody shall restore the sound. Restore the sound. 
God is looking to restore the sound, and they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, somebody shout all. It's a very complicated word. All is a very complicated word, but it simply means this, all. I don't know if I can make it any more plainer to you. But all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Why? Because the sound was restored. That everybody under heaven was able to assemble together on one accord. Why? Because the sound was restored. Because love was in their hearts. God is looking to restore the sound. He's looking to restore the sound. What am I saying? Is it it that God don't want us speaking in tongues? It's not that. He don't want you speaking in tongues and not have love. What's the point of the utterance of the Holy Spirit if, if there's no love in your heart? I would even dare to say if there's no love in your heart, then you're not speaking in the unknown tongue that is sent from the heavens. But you're speaking an unknown tongue that derives from a dark place. And it's not a place within Elohim, Barah, Elohim, the all-sufficient God. Because if love is not in your heart, then it's not of God. So in order to have the, the sound restored, you got to first have God restored in your life. If you would, bow your heads with me. Because God is looking for unity in the church. And it's within that unity, the body of Christ comes together as one. That the sound is restored and the love of God will fill the hearts. And will permeate in the hearts of his people because of the love of God. Father, now in the name of Jesus, Father, I pray as we stand and sit in this place that a wind will blow from heaven and will touch the hearts of all of those who are at the sound of my voice. That God tonight, that you indeed restore the sound, the sound of love, the sweet whisper of your Holy Spirit that will touch our hearts, that will cause us, God, to love even the greater, that we'll love our neighbors as we love ourselves. For indeed, we are many members but one body. And as we love ourselves, as we love our own bodies, God, let us care for one another. Let us be concerned for one another. Let us provide for one another. Let us protect one another. Why, God? Because you want to restore the body as one. So, Father, tonight, let that sound permeate in our hearts and let love fill us to an overflow. It's in Jesus' mighty name, with your head still bowed if you're here tonight. And if you don't know Jesus in the pardon of your sins, tonight is the opportunity for you to do so. Or maybe you're backslidden and tonight you want to get your life right with Christ. Tonight is the opportunity to do so. If that's you tonight, even those of you online, I make this plea and this appeal to you as well. 
If tonight is the night, you would say, I want to get my life right with Christ. That's you in the sanctuary. Would you lift your hand, backslid, and getting it right? I see you, sir. I see you, sir. Any others tonight? Online, if it's you, amen. Just hashtag in the box below, save me. And for those of you online, you can simply call the number 225-503-0706. We have intercessors waiting to pray and to celebrate with you. For those of you who are making a decision tonight, or you can leave us a prayer request. Anyone else would like to make a decision tonight to give their lives to Christ? That's you. Lift your hand. Any others? Any others? God, we thank you. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen. I make one more appeal. If you have been a frequent visitor of Elevate Church in the sanctuary, or even those of you viewing by line, and you have not yet made a decision to make Elevate Church your place of worship, if that's you tonight, you want to make a decision to become a part of what God is doing here at Elevate, if you would lift your hand in the air, and for those of you online, would you let us know simply by texting the word JOIN to 225-361-2016, or just hashtag in the box below JOIN, if you would like to be a part of what God is doing, and we shout out tonight, we see Sister Taj and Teresa and Brother uh, Jerome online tonight, we thank you guys for tuning in, Sister Carolyn, Sister uh, Johnson, Thank you all for being with us for our Bible study tonight. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise here in the sanctuary. Sister uh, Wendy, amen. God bless you, Sister uh, Sister Wendy, amen. We clap our hands for Sister Wendy. She has decided to give uh, the Lord her life on tonight, amen. She's online, hallelujah. So we celebrate with you on tonight. Call that number, Sister Wendy, uh, 225-503-0706. Someone is waiting to pray with you and to celebrate with you for the decision that you have made. Amen. It's the time of the service where we get to worship God through our giving on tonight. Amen. For those of you online, you also can participate tonight as we prepare ourselves to sow into the kingdom of God. Amen. I would ask that you would lift your hand to receive an offering envelope on tonight. For those of you who are bringing your tithe, amen, you can also do that tonight as well as an offering unto the Lord. If it is your time to tithe, you can do that as well as we prepare ourselves to contribute to the work here at Elevate Church. Amen. If you did not receive an offering envelope, lift your hand at this time. For those of you online, amen. As we worship through giving on tonight, you can also contribute electronically simply by texting 84321, any amount to 84321, or you can also utilize our cash app. That's dollar sign Elevate BR. But our preferred means is you downloading our church app absolutely free from the Google Play and the Apple Store. Simply click on the Give tab, and you can give anytime, any place. And if you're old school, you can mail in the check, make it payable to Elevate Church, and drop it in the mail at 10957 Greenwell Springs Road. And I would ask even those of you who are in the sanctuary that you would prayerfully consider becoming a monthly partner, uh, partnering up with us here at Elevate Church, giving above and beyond your tithe and your offering to help 
uh, contribute to all the many, many projects and things that are happening here at Elevate Church. Amen. If you have your offering prepared, I need an envelope as well. Somebody grab me an envelope. Uh, stand to your feet all over the place, whether you have to give or not. I ask that you stand. Amen. All standing. For those of you giving electronically on tonight, amen, I ask that you also fill out an a, a envelope to make it easy. I need pink, yeah. Amen. You fill out an envelope as well. Makes it easier as we are doing accounting uh, to know, amen, of the means of your contribution as well. Thank you. I got one, Brother Casey. Thank you, Mariah. Amen. If you will, lift your offering in the air as we prepare, amen, to make our declaration of faith over our offering. Hallelujah. Are your hearts joyful in this moment to give unto the kingdom of God? Somebody shout yes. yes. Amen. Let's make our faith declaration. Would you repeat after me? God is the source of my increase. All that I have and shall receive comes from him. My giving is a reflection of my trust in God. So today I give with a grateful and a cheerful heart. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Would you come forth and drop your offering in the basket on tonight, starting from the rear, my right, your left, your left, my right. Amen. Come with a joyful heart. Amen. Glory to God. Everyone has had an opportunity to give. Amen. Amen. Would you stretch forth your hand towards the offering on tonight? Father, we thank you, Lord God, for every seed that has been sown. And, Father, we ask that you bless the hand of the one that have sown the seed. And, Father, we ask that you will multiply the seed so that, God, they can have an abundant harvest returned back unto them. Great measure, God, 30, 60, and even a hundredfold, pressed down, shaken together, God. Let it run over in their lives in abundance, God. So much so, God, that they'll have enough to be a blessing to four generations to come, God. That they'll be blessed going in and coming out. That their children, Lord God, will call them blessed, Father. And all those who are in the world in the city, God, will call them blessed because of the hand and the blessing of God being upon them. God, we thank you, God. We give you the glory and the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen. Come on, clap your hands one more time as we celebrate the Lord on tonight. Amen. I can release you now. Amen. Praise God. I speak a blessing over your lives tonight, Father. Now, as we depart from this place, God, we ask that you will bless these, the, your people, God, that as they depart, God, never departing from your presence, the hedge of protection around them, God. Bless them, God, as they lay their heads down and rest tonight with sweet, sweet peace, God, and let them wake in the morning, God, in joyful delight. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen and amen. We love you guys. We're going to see you guys on Sunday.